The following was recorded in front of a live studio audience at the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. This is the United Podcast Network. The following program is closed captioned for the thinking impaired. By tomorrow, I will rule the world! You think he's gone? He's not gone! That's the whole point! He's never gone! Is this some radical new therapy? You see? Well, I must have not been paying attention When you were just talking to me Do you think that you could repeat the question? And I listen more attentively There must have been something in all of that nothing That wasn't quite so easy I got it posted everywhere now. There must have been something in all of that nothing that dropped me like a stone to the floor. And I must have missed something when you were just slamming the door. Oh, I don't mind just a little. It's driving me out of my mind. Oh, could you spare me the riddle and hand me a bottle? I have no idea what I'm doing. I'm not even gonna try today. Liar. All right, all right. I didn't think I could do it, but I could give it a shot. We're gonna get Scott to do the Baba Pies. That'd be pretty funny. He does that, he gets elected right away. There you go. That's the key. Right? Oh, boy, I'm glad I found that. How about that? <laughs> That's it, he's off the show. He didn't do the Papa Paz, he's done. <laughs> it's all over. All right, hey, we should probably start the show. I'd hey. say so. I have no idea what I'm doing here. I'm completely unprepared, as always. All right, let's do, let's, let's do this. Hi, how are you guys doing? My name's Tom Duggan with the Paying Attention Podcast. Hi, top Two Guys Smoke Shop at the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. Boy, do we have a show for you guys today. So uh, there's a couple of things I want to get to before we get to our guest. We've got Scott Wood. He's a member of the Haverhill School Committee. I, I would say embattled school kids because the, the, the media always, when they don't like someone and then they create a scandal, then they call him embattled. That's always fucking hilarious when you ask, if you ask me. Um, we have Scott Wood here. We're going to talk, about, uh, talk with him for most of the show today, but I do want to get a couple of things. Um, Veterans Northeast Outreach, um, we've been talking about their, their uh, soon demise. Um, if you've watched any of our previous shows, Veterans Northeast Outreach was started by my good friend John Ratka in Haverhill for homeless veterans. And over the last few years, we've been coming in here and telling you about how horribly they've been treating veterans. 
um, how they kicked a veteran out and made a veteran homeless when they're supposed to be helping homeless veterans. Um, we got word this week that the CEO of Veterans Northeast Outreach has left the building. Uh, we also have word that um, some people who used to work there are trying very hard to take over and turn it around. And I'm hoping that we're going to have uh, an update for you next Thursday on Veterans Northeast Outreach. Um, at the, at, in the meantime, if you know of a veteran, if you know, uh, if you know any veteran that's in need, if they're homeless, if they don't have enough money for groceries, if the bank's about to take their house, please reach out to us. We will put you in contact with Randy Carter and Jason Gilbert over Clear Path for Veterans New England. And, uh, and we will absolutely get them the, the help that they need. Um, I was a, a little... Uh, I was a little sad last night at the TMF family dinner for the homeless in Lawrence. We had a veteran show up. I think his name is Bob. Um, and I've known him for a long time, but never knew he was a veteran. And we started talking, and he said he he just gotten out of the hospital. And he had two heart attacks. And he said he's living in a rooming house. And I said, why don't you call Randy Carter? Reach out to me. Send me an email when you get home tonight. I'll, I'll give you Randy's number. You're a veteran. You shouldn't be in a rooming house. There's housing for veterans available. And if you're and if you're really a veteran, and he, we talked a little bit about, I have a little test that I do when someone says they're a veteran to see if they're really a veteran. Um, and he need pacifying flying colors. And he said, uh, he said, all right. Well, tomorrow I'll, I'll call Randy. And then toward the end of the night, he had a heart attack in the bus station, and and the ambulances had to be called. They had to take him away. And I don't know how he's doing, but I hope he's doing okay. And when he does get out. You know, God willing, he gets out and he's okay. Uh, we're gonna try and hook him up with with Randy, um, but I really wish that Clearpath would 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 expedite getting some kind of an office in the Lawrence Methuen area, because there are veterans out there, and even though we're always out there looking for them, sometimes we don't know. I mean, if they don't tell us they're veterans, then we just don't know. Um, so hopefully, Bob, I think that's his name, and hopefully he's okay. Um, also, we've got a TMF update. Let me just pull this up from Kevin. Um, so TMF, which is the the movement family is what it stands for, uh, they go out and they feed the homeless every Wednesday night. And then three or four nights a week, uh, some of the volunteers from TMF go to the different tent cities throughout the city of Lawrence and bring them blankets and uh, sterno cans and food and sweaters and whatever it is that they need sometimes, tents. Um, you know, sometimes uh, a homeless person will leave their tent to go get food somewhere and they'll come back and somebody's stolen their tent. Um, so uh, TMF, which works with, with the with the homeless in Lawrence, teamed up with UTEC and the STAR program with the Essex County Sheriff's Department last week. And they teamed up to have, they went into the Middleton Jail to have the prisoners make blankets for the homeless. And then we're talking about an ingenious idea. These guys have nothing to do all day anyway, right? And most of them, or at least a large portion of them, when they get out of jail, are going to end up homeless, right? Because their families have turned on them or whatever. Um, and Michael Gorman put together with um, with the Essex County Sheriff's Department and Kevin Druin this program where they're doing outreach with the prisoners while they're in while they're in jail and having them make blankets for the homeless. And, you know, that that's something that comes full circle because some of them are going to get out and I'm going to be giving them blankets because they're going to be homeless. Um, so uh, so we want to thank TMF. I want to thank Mike Gorman for all the stuff that he does. Um, him and Kevin and everybody and Nancy and everybody at TMF, Jill Stacklin and, and Kiana. And I, once you start naming people, there's always someone, why didn't you? Why didn't you name me? Uh, if you're in this business to be thanked, you're in the wrong business. I said that to Danny Rice last night. 
if you're in this business to get thanked, to get publicity, to get your name in the paper, you're in the wrong business, please step away. We don't want you around if that's why you're here. TMF is for people who genuinely want to help the homeless and are not looking for, not looking for praise. They're not taking selfies while they're handing somebody a sandwich. That's not what they do. It's not what we do. Um, but, uh, but I want to thank uh, all, all of the people who helped TMF in Lawrence helping the homeless. And there's a lot of stuff going on right now with the homeless. So we're going to be having a meeting with the mayors, uh, with Mayor DePina on Wednesday uh, about some of the issues that the homeless are uh, causing in the city and what we can do to maybe try and help both populations out, the people who aren't homeless who have to deal with the bullshit and the people who are homeless who also have to deal with bullshit. Um, in the studio, I want to make sure I got everything out of the way here because I don't want to forget anything once we get with Scott. It's going to be the whole show. So I think we got everything. So in the studio with me today is Scott Wood. He is a member of the Haverhill School Committee, and it's a non-partisan – you would think it's a non-partisan job. You don't have to vote for a Republican or a Democrat on it, but in Haverhill, everything is partisan politics, everything. Even school committee races are partisan politics. The Democrats all line up against their favorites, and anybody who's not a Democrat has to scramble to try and get votes because all the Democrats circle the wagons. No matter how bad their candidate is, it could be Adolf Hitler, it could be Jeffrey Dahmer. They're going to make excuses for their guy, and they're going to do everything they can to destroy the other guy. Uh, and that's how Haverhill politics works. Um, by the way, that's, that, it, it's also kind of working that way in Methuen these, ga- these days now, too. Uh, but we're not going to talk Methuen today. We're going to talk Haverhill. So my good friend Tim Coco, who owns uh, WHAV in Haverhill, where I at one point did, uh, did this show, um, and who, ha- who has received a First Amendment award from the Valley Patriot for demanding elected officials be held accountable, getting public documents, all that stuff. Um, he's done a really, I think, I think a really good job. But when I saw this story, I was very perplexed. Um, Tim, Tim, um, Tim wrote a story that uh, Scott Wood is, he's on the Haverhill School Committee, but he's also a Haverhill police officer, and he's running for mayor. So um, somebody, and if I get any of this wrong, please let me know, somebody within the police department, or at least within the mayor's office uh, in, uh, in Haverhill, leaked out uh, some kind of a memo that was illegally put into Scott Wood's police folder, his personnel folder, claiming that he used the N-word, claiming that he did all kinds of things. And when I read the story, I kept looking for, well, like, where's the proof that this came from him? Like, where's the IP address that shows that it was him? Because the story that was published, at least we, what, what was published, and I don't know if this is true, but I trust Tim, um, it, it, was, it was the FBI had done an investigation against someone who 20 years ago was in contact with Scott that Scott had, had sent messages to, supposedly. And that these messages were sent from Scott to this person. And they leaked it to the police department. The police department at one point didn't appoint him because of that and then realized that they didn't follow their own policies. There was no chain of custody. There was no proof that this was him. Am I, do I have this right so far? And then they re-interviewed him and then he ended up getting hired. He's also been hired by three other departments, all of whom did background checks on him and none of this stuff was ever shown to be true or at least linked to him. Um, So when I read this, I was very perplexed because Tim is an exceptional journalist. And I thought, you know, maybe Tim has something that I don't have. Maybe there's something, maybe they have the IP address. They just haven't published that information yet. Because, you know, a lot of journalists, they don't like to to give all their cards all in the first story. They like to bleed it out to keep it going because that's, that's how you get eyeballs. That's how you get clicks. So I did text Tim yesterday and asked him if there was more. And I don't think that there is. So since that time, 
Since that time, and I'm just gonna, I'm giving you the brief, and we're going to let him address any of this if I have any of this wrong. Since that time, all of the Democrats in Haverhill have circled the wagons to kick the crap out of Scott Wood as if it was true, demanding his resignation. Uh, I think even Paul Magliacchetti, who a guy that I really respected before this story started, um, is it, it, they want, they're going to talk about it at a school committee meeting. At a school committee meeting, they're going to talk about whether or not something in Scott Wood's background that has nothing to do with the schools, uh, they, they, they want to talk about it. They want to maybe take a vote of censure, like as if that's their job, right? These people are not his boss. They're all equals. They have no power outside of the school committee, and they have no power as school committee people to even talk about this. This, it, this is one of those things that always drives me crazy because I was on a school committee and this happened to me multiple times. Someone would make an accusation and then everybody would jump on the bandwagon because at the time I wasn't very popular. And it was, hey, let's all, let's all point the finger at him because as long as they're looking at him, they're not looking at us, right? And they all virtue signaled and they called for my resignation. And then months later when they found out it wasn't true, it was too late. It was too late because the damage had already been done. And so when I saw this story, I was very, very perplexed as to how this even became a story without the proof. Um, but there is other stuff there. So I want to I try and talk about all of it. So, Scott, why don't, why don't I just give you the floor and let you talk about what this is, what happened here, and then where it's going from here. Uh, thanks. Thanks for having me. I think it's probably been about 20 years since the first time I did a uh, uh, radio uh, interview. Right. You came, in, you came in 20 years ago when I was doing CAP, right? Yeah, yeah. When, when I was just uh, getting into politics. Um, you were 12 at the time, I believe. <laughs> I think I was. Um, but yeah, um, this story has been covered by basically one media organization um, that... Um, and I've always had had the greatest respect for for Tim Coco. I love the guy uh, um, over the years. Um, I, I'm not overly thrilled about the coverage uh, here um, because I don't think it was fair. Um, there was probably about I don't know seven stories in five days, two stories a day, uh, just saying the same thing mm -hmm. over and over and over again um, for whatever that for the for whatever that reason is. Um, but mostly all of the information. That has been printed. Um, I won't say mostly. All of the information that has been printed, none of it was based on actual fact or actual proof. Mm -hmm. It was all based upon hearsay, um, which is the reason why um, there was an agreement between myself and the city a number of years ago, um, going back over ten years, um, about these allegations from close to twenty years ago, um, and. This was supposed to be, um, there was an agreement um, that this information wouldn't be used, that it would be disposed of. Uh, how, how did they get the information? Do we know? I mean, according to Tim, it was some kind of FBI investigation that somebody leaked over to the department. Um, no, that, that that's inaccurate. I, I read that in, in Tim Coco's story, but if he had done a little bit of research, um, he would have realized that that was actually not the case. Um, but the information was in there was at a time a warrant for another individual um who um gave his information willingly uh to the local police department um when you have someone that's not the subject of a warrant there's only supposed to be a cursory review of something and then you move on if it's not right. um, um a a subject of it so as i said in in 2013 
there was no proof on any of this. Um, nothing was ever tied to me, an IP address, a chain of custody, um, nothing that you would need to do in order to prove someone was behind. Well, like if somebody brought me this story, I would say, okay, they show me the, they show me the printout. I could, make, I, could, I could do that on my computer in two seconds. You could print it out. You could uh, fabricate it. You could change words to make it sound right. like the way you wanted right. it to sound. Um, you can even fake a text. My mother correct. said to me the other day, um, we were up at the lake, and she said, um, uh, somebody told me you can fake a text. How do you do it? So I said, give me your phone. Yep. And I put someone else's name with my phone number. Mm-hmm. And then I texted her something. Yep. And it came up as, you know, Jim Jones. But it didn't come from Jim Jones. It came from me. She just changed the number in her phone. So there's ways to do that, right? Correct. And then the old days of AOL Instant Message, I mean, I could go on in a Microsoft Word document and and do that very easily right. and, and put your screen name or your email address, the Valley Patriot, right. and put anything I want. So I kept uh, looking for like, where is the, where is the, if somebody came to me with this story, my first question would be, well, show me the proof that this came from him because I don't want to get sued, right? And I've been sued six times. I haven't, I haven't lost yet, but you know, law of averages is going to start to catch up to you after sex, right? So I'm, I'm much more careful now than I used to be. And I would, I would be like, well, show me the IP address. Show me, give me a memo from the FBI or a memo from somebody saying that this is true, um, that's certified, that's, some, that's, uh, that's uh, what's that word? Um, notarized. Something, mm-hmm. that's something, that, something that I can grab onto that relieves me of, of responsibility of publishing this that ties it to you. Correct. And I haven't seen that yet. Which is, why, which is why I wanted you to come on the show. Because I wanted to ask you, and I wanted to ask you about some of the other stuff too, mm-hmm. right? Um, and, I, and I want to answer all those. Just so you know, um, the part where he actually printed those things, the most frustrating part is he spoke to Chief Alan Denaro, And Chief Denaro told him he was never tied to this conversation. Right. So... It's, For those who don't know, Chief DeNaro uh, is the retired police chief. We now have a new chief in Haverhill. Correct. I didn't want anybody to think that it was the current chief. Um, so he was you know, chief for nearly 20 years. He mm-hmm. was the chief during this time mm-hmm. um, in question. He's been on this show numerous times. And um, he, So he spoke to him, and, and the chief went on the record and said, these weren't tied to wood. Right. They weren't. Um, but he still chose to print it anyway because – well, there was hearsay to it. Um, but even though the chief went on the public record and said, um, no, we never proved um, that was Scott. And I do actually have a, um, a memo that Chief DeNaro wrote me that I'll, that I'll um, um, happy, happily give you uh, a copy of um, before we move on. Um, but he mentioned that the original report, there was two major mistakes in it. One, I was never interviewed. Um, for a background investigation, which is standard policy when you're doing a background investigation on someone. If anything comes up, you interview them and ask them the questions directly. I applied to the Lawrence Police Department and did the same thing to me. People made allegations and they called me and they asked me about it. And then I showed them documents to show that it wasn't true and it went away. Nobody ever asked me. But it shouldn't have gone in my personnel file if they ended up hiring me, right? Right. No one ever asked me the questions. So Chief DeNaro states that in his memo. And he also states in his memo that um, they never did... um, confirm that any of it was me and um he's um you know sums it up with a statement i would also like to add that everyone's entitled to the opportunity to address any reported inaccuracies or accusations that have been made against their character unfortunately i failed to ensure this was done at the time of the initial investigation the responsibility for that error rests entirely with me 
I've known Alan Dinero for probably about 20 years. I've never heard him apologize for anything, ever. <laughs> I've, I'm, seriously, I've never heard him apologize. Even on a couple of things we probably should have apologized, he didn't apologize. <laughs> so that's, that's, that's kind of stunning. I guess my first question, because we, we don't have proof that it was you, but I'm going to ask you outright. Was it you? Have you used the N-word against black people in, in, in any capacity? I've not used the N-word against black people. Okay. No. Yeah. And, um, and I don't think I've ever been accused of any type of bias in my life. How long ever. have you been a cop? Uh, over 10 years. Okay. And, and is that all the departments you've been in or just mm-hmm. in Haverhill? Okay. How long have you been a cop in Haverhill? Uh, I got appointed in October of 2020. Okay. So you've been for almost three years, right? Yeah. In, well, in you know, until they... So when you, you were at these other departments, you were where? You were in Wenham, you were at Merrimack College? Yep. Wenham. And um, I spent... Uh, I had a short time in Methuen as a special. So... In order to get on those departments, I would imagine they would have to do a background check, right? Correct. Did anything come up in those background checks? No. Have you Have you released any of those? Ba- I know Tim's looking for um, documents on some of those background checks on some of those other departments. Have- I brought them here today. Okay. All right. Um, good. So we'll get them. So you will get them. Um, so I, I brought not only the Haverhill Police um, background check in 2020, I brought a copy of the Methuen Police uh, background check. Um, and then I brought a um, letter from the uh, chief in uh, Wenham who hired me. Um, first paragraph, Scott Wood was hired by the Wenham Police Department um, over eight years ago following an extensive background check, which revealed no issues or red flags. His resume contained training in excess of an officer with five or more years of experience. During his tenure on the force, Scott excelled in many areas of community policing, particularly the schools. The administration routinely heard compliments and received poor positive correspondence on his behalf. Um, And he goes on to uh, talk more about that. He does also say, I was personally interviewed for Scott's background investigation by the Haverhill Police Department. The questions were direct and in-depth, as were my responses. In conclusion, Officer Scott Wood was an asset to my administration on a regular basis. Um, If I can be further assistance, do not hesitate to contact me. Do you think that maybe this is coming from your political opponents? I do. Um, really? I, I, I was made aware um, uh, probably a, at least a couple of months ago that um, Councillor Ballard was p- planning these attacks. Um, her campaign manager was talking about it with uh, people that I know. Um, so this was a planned and coordinated attack. Is that Juanita? Yeah. Okay. I, know, uh, I know her well. Um, so the... Um, you know, a planned and coordinated attack. Um, you know, my guess is they they had um, people within the police department that, for whatever reason, uh, might be willing to provide them with confidential documents. Um, I hope you're I hope you're suing the shit out of them. If this isn't true, mm-hmm. I hope you're suing the shit out of them. Uh, we are. We're we're moving ahead with that, and I felt it was the only way to clear my name. Number one. Uh, and it's the only way to make sure that other people and other employees right. aren't treated like this. Right. Um, because I've had a lot of calls from people. I don't think I'm the only one. Really? Um, and I think that the... You get five or six more, you do a class action suit, and then that's where the real money is. Correct. And, and I think there may be more than, than we know about. But, really? Um, you know, maybe that's a teaser. So it's, it's really coming down in Haverhill to the Democrats versus the non-Democrats in the mayor's race, because that's how Haver works, right? Well, I think it's the far progressive left versus moderates. Versus everybody else. Yeah. Versus normal people, yeah. you, what you're trying to say. Um, some of the other things that are, that are uh, in this story about um, 
an accusation that was made against you in a previous police department? Um, was it uh, uh, one of the Regis? Was it was it sexual harassment? Do I yep. have that right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, it, they're hitting you on on the two biggest, most explosive issues in America today, right? Correct. Racism and sexism; those are the two big ones. So, um, did you sexually harass somebody? I didn't. Um, See, I would have given him credit if he just said, <laughs> yeah, I said it. It's only words. I don't know what people get all upset about, but okay. Here's the thing. None of that was ever based on a formal complaint filed against me. Mm-hmm. My records at those colleges don't show – there's no formal complaint in there. So all they based that on was hearsay, was someone saying, I, I did this or I did that. Um, it wasn't on the basis that they had in my personnel file a complaint from, say, Tommy Duggan against – Officer Wood, for whatever reason, right. here he was. He was investigated for it. Here's the results of the internal affairs investigation. Um, that Those documents don't exist that there was ever a formal complaint filed against me. It's so, merely, so where did this come from? It came from an old Haverhill police uh, report in 2013 based on hearsay, not based on an actual document of here, here's a document where a complaint was filed, here it's signed by this individual, here was the... Well, why, why is there a police report? What, what is... A background, not a police report, a background oh, okay. investigation. Right. Okay. Um, but, you know, I do have in, in um, you know, Coco, uh, Tim Coco in his article took a, a sentence from the Regis College sergeant and then decided to print all of the allegations which the Regis College sergeant uh, clearly disputed as not accurate. Wow. Um, but let me read it to you. Um, I got to have Tim on. I, I, I need to hear the other side of this. Um, so, you know, and I understand he's been giving documents, um, you know, that you can read through that say certain He's an things. exceptional journalist. He is. So that's why I'm having, I'm having a hard time believing some of this. Um, but I, I get it. You're given certain documents that say something, right? right? So I guess you would assume that, well, if it's a police background check, that everything in this must be fact. Um, But no one ever asked for, well, let me see the supporting documents. Let me see the IP address. Let me see the formal complaints that were filed against him. Let me see the IA investigations that were conducted if these complaints were filed Mm -hmm. um, against him. But let me just quote Regis College real quick. Scott worked as a part-time Position filled weekend and night shifts and occasionally a day shift during the week. He stated Scott is a great guy and very personable. He does not recall any discipline issues, no sick call in, and always showed for his shift on time. They never, Scott never had any issues with domestic violence, temper or anger issues, and had very positive interactions with coworkers. No drugs or alcohol issues, debts or gambling. Um, he described Scott as being empathetic and helpful when dealing with students and responding to calls for service, reliable and well-suited employee for the position, and they would definitely consider uh, rehiring Scott. Wow. So would you assume that if those allegations were true, do you think I would be eligible? No, not today. For rehire? 20 years ago, maybe. Um, maybe even 10 years ago, but not today. Uh, and that's stated in two different Today, backgrounds. if you tell a girl she's got a nice dress on, you lose your job if you're on call. <laughs> Seriously, like we've seen it happen. And that's in two different backgrounds. Right. So that's not just in one background. That's in Haverhill. That's in the Methuen background. Um, they called it. Also... They say they spoke with the chief, who was not the chief when I was there, but he provided my employment and personnel record, which showed no complaints. Did you have to it. approve that? Did you have to call them and say, yeah, you can release my record? Or did they just so when you do a background you? investigation, um, you sign a document 
uh, usually for a year um, that you they have authorization um, to do that. So to release it, yeah. So, so I, who, would, I, who would ever want to become a cop if they knew that w- what was in their personnel record or their background check was going to get released to the public? Right. Like, what moron made that decision? Well, let's be honest. The only police background check that you see is public. That's been leaked is, is Scott Woods. <laughs> um, if you go to any other police department and request a pre-employment background check to view any officer, you're not going to get that. Why? Because that's protected by law. Right. Well, you know, when I first read this story, that was my the very first thing I thought was, how the hell did Tim Wood get a hold? Tim Tim Coco get a hold of personnel background check information from a personnel file because. Right now, we're trying to get the mayor of Lawrence to give us the investigation report on the police chief because the police chief's on leave. Mm-hmm. And they're like, no, that's part of his personnel file. We don't have to give that to you. When I called the secretary of state's office and said, hey, shouldn't this be a public record? They're like, no, not a personnel file. Why would that be a public record? Like they were, they were actually kind of adamant about, like, you're the free speech guy, Tom. You should know that. Um, so when I read this, I thought, well, how the hell did he get that? And I understand that he got it from the district attorney's office, which then raises another question. Why does the district attorney have your background check as a Haverhill cop? Because the Haverhill Police Department, uh, as said in the lawsuit, told me if I didn't do what they wanted me to do, they were going to give it to them. Okay, so wait a minute. So someone in the police department in Haverhill recently, I assume, yes, told you that if you didn't step out of the mayor's race, oh, would step out of the mayor, I'll step no, off. They the wanted me to resign from the police from the department. police department. So if you don't step out of the police department, that they were going to release this, they were going to stream. Correct, and if I did resign, no one would ever see it. Wow. Who said that? It's in the, uh, it's in the, uh, it's in the lawsuit. Well, then you, might, then you might as well tell me if it's a public the record, it's in police. the lawsuit. So Chief Pistone did that. And I've only met him once. I, he seemed like a nice guy, but I don't know him that well. Um, so the chief, your, your allegation is the chief illegally leaked this over to the DA's office, and the DA's office responded to a public records request, and that's how it ended up public. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Maybe we got to get the stone on here and ask him any questions. Do you think if we invited him on the show and asked him questions about this, he'd actually answer it, or would we get to run around? I think you'd have to ask him that question. All right, okay. I mean, Denaro used to come in and answer whatever question. I, I mean, I asked him personal questions, and he'd answer them. Um, he was fully transparent. So um, so you're, you're running for mayor, and you're on the school committee, and you've got a meeting tonight, and they're going to they're gonna virtue signal through the whole meeting to try and beat up on you as if this is somehow school business. Mm-hmm. Uh, how, are you gonna, how do you plan on handling that tonight? Well, I mean, I'm not surprised. One of the people that um, has the item on the agenda is a donor to my opponent's, one of my opponent's campaign. So, I mean... Uh, Folks, if you're going to do this stuff, right? If you're going to be involved in this kind of political ch- ch- chicanery, and, and I've seen it happen a million times over the years, at least be smart enough not to do it through the person that made a freaking donation to the person running against them. So like, come on. I mean, look, at the end of the day, I don't answer to anybody on the school committee. Right. I don't work for them. Right. Okay. I don't, there's two, two members that have it on the thing, um, both of the uh, attorneys on the school, but I don't work for them. Right. I work for the voters of the city of Haverhill. That's who I answer to. Right. I, I don't answer them. I don't work for them. They're not my boss. Mm-hmm. They're my equal. Um, I want to see a background check of all the other mayoral candidates. I want a full background check 
of everything they've been involved in. One, or the Miss um, uh, Barrett. I've never, I don't think I've ever met her. She's on the city council. Mm-hmm. Well, we need to see like all of her records as a city councilor. We need to see how much money she's getting for insurance. We want to see who she's got on her insurance plan. And well, let's do a full background check. Somebody said on Facebook today, I think you read it to me, um, you know, at this point we should do a full background check on everybody running for mayor. If this is the standard, then everyone should be held to that standard. I think what bothers me is that everyone's not being held to that standard, that the person running against you is being treated with kid, kid gloves and is a saint and can never do any wrong, and everybody else gets held to a different standard. I just I really hate that. Look, I think if you, if you know you can't win on a race on your, on your record and on your vision – then you attack your opponent. You, do, you engage in toxic politics, right? Um, and I think that's what's happening there. Clearly, there's not confidence um, that they can win on the basis of their resume and their vision for the city of Haverhill. So I'm going to beat them by trying to smear his name um, right. in, in creating a, a culture of toxic politics. Is there any chance of you dropping out of the mayor's race? No and- way in hell. No, really. Wow. They can do. They can say whatever they want day in and day out every day. For as long as they want, the voters will decide. I will absolutely not drop out unequivocally. I don't care what they say. I don't care what they do. I will not drop out. And it's a fact, I'm going to win. Really? So Even with this, you think you can win? I, I believe I will I think win. it's an uphill battle once an allegation like that gets made. In, in, I think you're right. In today's But society. I'm going to win on the ground because I truly believe that the voters of Haverhill ultimately care about the issues and who has a vision for the future. I don't believe that they buy in to these fake, toxic allegations with zero proof. I think they're smart enough to see through what's being done here. Right. I think if there was proof, or, or let, me, let, me, let me backtrack that a little bit. I think if you had actually done it, mm-hmm. I think there would be proof somewhere. Mm-hmm. And I think it would come out. Mm-hmm. And so I think that the voters should probably just keep that in mind as we go forward. We still have quite a long time between now and November when the election is. Or the primaries in September, right? Is there going to be enough people to eliminate? Yeah, there's six of us. Okay. so has to get down to two. So there's a lot of time between now and September. Mm-hmm. If it's true, and I, and I say this no matter what the scandal is, if it's true, it's going to come out, mm-hmm. right? And, 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 and then it's just a shitstorm for everybody, mm-hmm. right? You have no worry at all that something's going to come out that, that's, that's going to show that this, this was your IP address or that this was you that made these comments because they're, they're pretty, they're pretty explosive comments that, I mean, the I allegation have, is, is it's huge. I don't have any worry at all um, because I already know the police chief has said there's no IP address. I know it was never connected to me. Well, see, the thing with Denaro is because he's unpopular now, because he's the guy that's out, he's no longer the chief. I think, I think people are going to, a lot of people are going to just dismiss it and go, oh, well, you know, Denaro was a bad guy. Like, it's Trump derangement center, I think, right? We didn't like him, so we're not going to believe I think Alan Denaro is respected by the people of Haverhill. Yeah. Um, I do believe that. I mean, I always liked the guy. I know, um, I know there's been issues. I don't know if he's liked or disliked, but I believe most people respect him. I know that I'm still really pissed off about you guys encrypting your police scanner. Well, I didn't have anything. No, to do I know, that. but I mean Haverhill, Haverhill encrypted. It. If you become mayor, let's ask him that question. If you become mayor, would you unencrypt the police scanner? Because yeah, I have no problem with that. Uh, most departments. See, that's don't something do. Tim Wood should like, right? Because Tim Coco. I'm sorry, I keep saying Tim Wood because Tim Wood was the guy that that owned Methuen Loop Weekly, and we had like a big blowout right before he went under. Um, so I, I have I have uh, Tim T- Tim Coco. That's something that I, I would think Tim Coco would would like, right? Um, they get um, they get HEV gets money from the city because they, they're a nonprofit, right? Do they get money through like community development and all that stuff? Uh, I don't believe they do. Uh, no. Although I did hear, uh, you know, one of my 
uh, opponents mentioned something similar at our forum. Well, that's why I asked, because I watched some of that. I didn't get a chance to watch it all, but I watched some of that. And I heard her make a comment that she had gotten them money. And and I thought, well, wait a minute. That that just raises a whole bunch of other questions, at least on her end anyway. I mean, not on Tim. I and mean, someone wants to give me money, I take it. But, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But, I mean, it, it almost seems like, you know, hey, look, I'm paying you off. You got you to gotta, you gotta show for me if this is what's going to go on. That kind of seemed like what I took from it. Right. And like I said, at the end of the day, I, I'm not concerned. Could anybody bring hearsay up and say, you know, he did this, he did that? But actual proof, I'm, I'm not concerned about. I had to go when I ran for school committee. I had to go come forward two weeks before the election, claiming that when she dated me, um, I was physically, mentally abusive to her. But I never dated her. The Tribune ran with the story, front page, two weeks before the election, because it's Tom Duggan, right? Mm-hmm. We don't like Tom Duggan, so we're going to believe anything negative about him. And then months later, when I actually proved I never even dated this person, like I dated a friend, but I never dated her, it was too late. The damage had been done. You know what I'm saying? And and so this, I wanted to have you on because I wanted, I wanted to be able to at least let you get your side of the story out because when you had your press conference, I went looking for the video of your press conference and could not find it. And I thought, but if the people are going to sling arrows at you and publish all the allegations against you, you ought to at least be able to defend yourself. Even if you're guilty, you still should be able to defend yourself and say, well, I'm guilty of this, but I'm not guilty of that. And I know that you had that press conference last week, and I kept looking for the audio, looking for the video of the audio because I'm going to play some of it today. Couldn't find it. Oh, it I mean, I think there's, there's a reason why. I, I mean, Saturday, there was a story that the city council met – uh, you know, via phone calls and made a decision uh, out of public session, by the way, uh, clearly a violation of the open meeting law. Uh-oh, uh-oh, um, wait, so, don't, 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 don't skip over that. They violated the open meeting law? So on Saturday. That's, by the way, that's criminal. That's not like a, you know, attorney general slap on the wrist. When they, you the open all, meeting city, law. all nine city councilors signed a letter um, asking that I be investigated by the inspector general. There was no public notice of a meeting. There was no... Anything, uh, no right to public input. A decision was made uh, to refer this to the inspector general's Please office. Please send me a copy of that. I'm going to file a complaint this afternoon. If they, if they violated the open meeting law, I'll file that myself. And again, that's something else that Tim Wood should be on. Uh, Tim Tim Coco should be on. I'm sorry. I'm gonna- and by the way, I welcome an investigation from anyone. If the IG wants to investigate me, whoever, I don't care. Bring it on. So Tim says he's looking for some documents and that he can't get them. You're willing to release anything in your background check to allow that uh, to allow uh, uh, people to investigate. Would you give Tim Coco the documents that he's looking for that he's not getting from other agencies? Would Tim you- Coco is looking for the agreement that um, the city signed with me uh, to destroy the documents. Mm-hmm. That agreement does have a confidentiality clause in it. I'm not going to hand that out because then the city will argue that I breached the contract that I'm saying they breached. While, while you're suing them for breaching the yeah, contract. So I'm not going to do that. Okay. Um, I, I, you know, I know he asked me to do that, um, but I'm sure as hell not going to breach the contract that um, I'm alleging is, is breached. That they breached, Because right. that would be total nonsense. So how do, we, how do we get these documents? How do we get these t- documents to Tim, to Tim Coco? Um. These, the, the some of these, he he he's I I you know I did provide him with a copy of, of the background that shows a clear background. Um, you know he's chosen just to continue to run his allegations. I, I hate to ask this, but I'm going to ask it. Uh, I know we've got two minutes left. It, it, do, do you think Tim has something against you? Like, do you think that this is? 
I mean, I can't even imagine that's the case, but it's what's being said. So I'm just going to, I'm going to ask the elephant in the room. I mean, is, 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 is I've never seen him be unfair like ever. Is he being unfair with you, do you think? I do believe he's being unfair this time. Uh, and I don't know Tim to be like that, so I'm not sure. Well, that's why what's I'm having a hard on. time like believing any of this. But but I do know that you know there's certainly a lot of people on the other side um, with influence that would certainly want to sway a coverage one way or another against right. me. Right now, when you had your press conference, did anybody else from the press show up? Uh, they did. Um, the uh, there was the Boston media there, but when I provided them with the evidence, uh, no, when I've provided the evidence to other media organizations, they've chosen not to print the allegations because uh, they realize it's on the basis of hearsay Mm -hmm. and there's clearly um, conflicting information. There's only one media organization that's continued to, to, to print these allegations. So we're, we're nearing the end of the show. We get 19 seconds left. So I'll, I'll wrap it up here and I'll give you the last word for those of you who are watching, who, who don't know what to believe. And quite frankly, I'm not sure what to believe either. Although I, I, I have some real serious problems with this story. Um, this can happen to anybody, and it, ha- and it happens to people all the time. They get accused of something. There's no proof. There's no chain of evidence. There's, no, there's nothing that really ties them to it. But everybody jumps on a bandwagon and starts kicking the guy while he's down, mostly because they don't want you looking at them. And so I will caution you to look at the people who were putting this on the agenda for tonight at the school committee meeting, the people that stood up at that press conference over the weekend uh, at City Hall, and start wondering to yourself what they have to hide. Because I know for sure one of them does. And when I saw his, when I saw his picture up there, I, my, I, I, I did a double take. Like I had to look at it twice and go, come on, that's the guy throwing the st- – are you kidding me? Now, I would never do um, to them what they're doing to you uh, with the information that I have. Because I have a very solid rule. We don't talk about people's personal lives unless it directly has something to do with the job that they're doing. Um, in, in the final se- – well, not final seconds. we got to go, right? Um, one of the things that really bothers me about all of this, true or not true, is that you still have to go out with a badge and a uniform every day in an environment where cops are hated, where cops are being accused of gunning down black men for fun, right, in this environment of George Floyd. And with the allegation that you've said this, you now have to worry every time you come across an African-American in your job that there isn't going to be some kind of retaliation against you, whether it's them making another accusation to pile on or to attack you because of this allegation that I think a lot of people will just believe because they read it. How do you handle that? How do you go out tomorrow and put on your badge and your gun and patrol the streets of Haverhill knowing that this is out there? Well, I mean, ultimately, I think that this has ended my career in law enforcement. Um, um, I, I, you know, I think my, my career in law enforcement is probably over with this. Um, you know, I, I think people will Google it, read it, and it would be very difficult um, to continue in a, in, a, in a career of law enforcement because Haverhill, um, I'm protected by civil service. So when they, um, they put me out, well, they didn't even officially put me out on leave. Um, they just took my equipment and said, no hearing, no due process, no nothing, just don't show back up here. Right. Uh, which is totally a violation of uh, civil. You, you're aware of civil service right. and the guy. By the way, this is why Haverhill and I'm sorry, this is why North Andover and Lawrence officials are trying to do away with civil service, so they can pull this kind of bull crap on someone that they don't like, and then just get rid of them. And civil service protects people like you under these kind of circumstances. 
Right. Well, I guess you can see that people still do it, even if they are in civil service. Right, right. Um, but, you know, I'm an elected official, so they probably figured that I would never challenge anyone because then all of this stuff could potentially come out and it would be damning to me. Would you do a debate here uh, if you win the primary? I don't know that I could do a debate with six candidates for mayor, but after the primary, if you make the primary, would you do a debate here with whoever? We, we all know it's going to be Barrett because that's all the Democrats are lining up with her, so we know she's going to make the primary. Would you do a debate? Because I'll, I'll have her on and we'll, we'll do it. I debate daily, two times a day if you want me right, to. Right. Okay. Um, any final words? Because we're way past time and I appreciate Chrissy. Thank you. Any final words? No, I, I thank you for having me on here and, and letting me, um, you know, address some of this stuff. Um, at the end of the day, as I said, all of this was mere hearsay. There was never official documentation. Um, and um, here's what I can say, is that if I'm elected mayor, employees will not be treated like this under my watch. It won't happen. I know it's been happening quite a bit when I'm mayor. This type of stuff won't happen. Do you think the mayor had anything to do with this? I know we're way over. I'm sorry. I don't know. know. All right. Okay. All right, because it kind of seems like something that, that, that Jim would do. Uh, I didn't thank my sponsors at the beginning of the show. I want to thank Scott Wood for being here and, of course, Chrissy for letting us go over, Chrissy Cunningham, and, of course, our executive producer, Murphy. We love Murphy, although he we gave him the title of executive director and he slept through the whole show. Uh, yeah, as soon as you get a title, look what happens. Right, he's actually see, very see. content. Yeah, he is. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He doesn't have a care in the world. No, he's, he's, he's the best. I want to thank, you can roll up now. We want to thank McLennan Real Estate Century 21. Sorry, I didn't do this at the beginning of the show. I was just so captivated having Scott here. The Zany Pesci Law Office, Mercy and Son Construction, EIS Investigation and Gun Training, Borelli's Deli, where I'm going right after the show to get my sausages and my meats, Tomo and Shaken Seafood, Clear Path for Veterans New England, the Mercurial Law Office, AFC Urgent Care, Pleasant Valley Landscaping. Uh, buddy, we got to get David Consoli back Hang on, on the show. I know, I miss David. Yeah, we got to get him back. Yeah. Stacks in Haverhill, mm-hmm. uh, which we're gonna, I think we're going to be there this weekend. We'll try to do like a flash mob lunch. We're going to bring nice. like 10 people. We're going to go in and we're going to try. Right. Uh, Par 28 right here in Salem, New Hampshire. Loaded in Haverhill. We get a lot of Haverhill sponsors. And, yeah. You know, we haven't even really talked much about Haverhill, so I'm glad to have you here. A free shout out to JG's Ice Cream. And uh, who else did we forget? And also a free shout out to Four Star Lighting. Could- Thank- Yes. Could I make a shameless Absolute, plug? Absolutely. Please do. Anybody listening, if you're looking for something fun to do tonight, come on down to Sadie's Bar and Grill here in Salem, New Hampshire. I'm going to be there hosting a music bingo night. We've got lots of prizes, lots of rounds. It's, nice. it's great fun. That does we're sound starting fun. it. And we're going to be doing it every Thursday starting this week. Ah. So come and uh, come see me. Very it's good. going to be good fun. Very good. Let's talk about that. Yeah. Sounds like Melvin Taylor oh. says you got to go home. Oh, no. So go home already. The views and opinions expressed by the hosts, guests, or callers of this program do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe, the United Podcast Network, its partners or affiliates.